Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to lucky episode number 13 of Talking Stock. We appreciate you tuning in. As always, Novus playing us in, and I'm here with my co-host Trey. Trey, how you doing? Hey Kyle, it's been a long week. I think today was day nine working straight. Last couple of days we've been working 12s. we got a shutdown going on, so pretty tired but excited to, to record today. Yeah, nice. Hopefully it's a nice break for you. I'm not going to give you a break though. I hope this show's a break from life, but the show will not be a break. It's going to be difficult. We're going to jump right into it. We got a new segment. We're going to call it the All Trey segment. It's called Driver A or Driver B. So we're going to be coming after your NASCAR knowledge here, Trey. See what you're knowing. Who you'd rather pick. I try to find basically the gist of the game here. So I try to find drivers are relatively close. But I'm not telling Trey anything. So you got to ask me questions to determine who it is. And then you only get five questions to determine if you'd rather have Driver A or Driver B. And then at that point, you know... Hopefully you don't pick David Pearson over Richard Petty. That's not that bad. It'd be a lot worse if it was Ryan Newman over David Pearson, right? <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Ask as many questions as you want, but you only get five. So, so as many as I want, as long as I don't go over five. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, Trey, I hand the mic to you. The questions are yours. All right. First question, how many championships does driver A have? Three championships. Second question, how many championships does driver B have? I should rephrase. You get five questions per driver. Okay, okay. I did not clarify. That would have been pretty ridiculous. But driver B also has three championships. Okay. All right. So I got I got the tallies out. You're one each. All right. So we'll stick with driver A for now. Um, how many wins? 83 wins in the Cup Series. Okay. All right. Um, what years did Driver A compete? I will say that he was in his prime from probably 1970 to 1982. And then there's some years where he was and also ran at the front and back of that. So it's it totals out to be a 31-year career, but that's it's misleading and probably doesn't help you very much. So it's focus more on that 70s to 80s. Type uh, time frame. Okay, let's think. So, what I got two more questions for for driver A. You uh, correct. You have two questions for driver A remaining, and four for driver for B. So we got the years. All right, we'll just follow up with the same two questions for driver B. So that's going to put you put put you at eighty four wins for the second driver. Okay. Very similar. And the career is 29 years. So similar amount of time. I would focus more on the late 70s through the 1980s. And then after 1990, it kind of tails off a little bit from there. Okay. Definitely a prime 80s driver versus a prime 70s driver is how I would describe it. So you're two questions remaining for each. Sponsors, that's fair game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's go. Who driver A and driver B drove for? So they bounced around quite a bit. Okay. Um, 
I would say they do have the common commonality of Junior Johnson. And okay. there was some Hendrick in there for driver B. So I'm going to mark you down. Hold on real quick for question for each. So you have one question remaining. So driver B has some Hendrick. Um, at its peak, it's definitely junior for driver A. And he drove for himself a little later on. I'd give you it to you, but that would be <laughs> a little crazy. So the one that's sticking out, so the one that's sticking out for the 80s, Daryl Waltrip is the one that I'm kind of thinking for the 80s. Mm-hmm. The 70s is really kind of bouncing me around. Um, we'll go sponsors as the as the fifth question. Okay. Um, I'll give you one, even though both had many. So I'm going to try and think of some complicated ones. So which one would you like first? We'll go driver A. Driver A, Hardy's comes to mind. And driver B... I'll do Mountain Dew because that, that shouldn't help you out too much. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go with the 80s driver. So driver B, Daryl Waltrip. I I can't think of who who driver A is. Driver A was Kale Yarbrough. I, ah. until I researched this, I didn't realize how similar these careers for these guys were. Very similar. Very, very similar. Um, I would probably. I would probably say that I think Daryl's better as well because he was probably in a more competitive uh, field. Um, because the real difference between the two is um, top fives because um, they're very similar in, in the championships and wins category. But Daryl has about 20 more top fives. And okay. that is, and I would say, a more competitive era. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That was kind of a new se- segment we just kind of came up with on the fly, jump into it, because it wasn't a terribly interesting race, I don't think, at the Indy Road Course this last week. Trey, what are you thinking about it? Yeah, we've talked a lot about our disdain for road courses, and last week I think we talked a lot about how we particularly didn't like the Indy Road Course, and it proved to be the case again, but I think for a little bit of a different reason. Last year, we didn't like it because of the chaos in turn one. And shout out NASCAR, they developed a plan to have the restart zone a little earlier, and that eliminated that chaos in turn one. We still saw some uh, bumping and banging, but nothing like what we saw last year. But it was just boring. I mean, I I saw online people were talking about, oh, you didn't like it because there wasn't all the wrecks. No, I didn't like it because... Really, at the front, Michael McDowell dominated. There wasn't much competition going on. Chase Elliott cut the three-second deficit down to a second on the last couple of laps. But to me, it never really got to the point where it was like, this is a late-race battle between Chase and Michael McDowell for the win. So it was pretty boring, in my opinion. Yeah, I I just didn't really um, care too much for it. I mean, that might be because of some pre-developed feelings prior to the race. I just don't think that the race should be on the schedule. I think it should be the brickyard uh, as it was intended to be on the oval. Um, But basically what happened was a relatively clean race. I'm not someone that likes to see a junkyard. I think it's embarrassing when we hurl these massive cars into one turn and they all bunch up. I think it looks silly. I think it makes our very talented drivers look untalented. So I'm not for that at all. And I don't think that makes an interesting race. I think I would have the same opinion if they wrecked a bunch in turn one. Um, but the race just didn't do much for me. I don't think it's a it's a marquee race. It's a filler race. It's a race that takes a fantastic venue and makes it an afterthought. 
So I'm not much of a, a fan of the Indy road course, but I will say it was very nice to see after running green for so long that the right car won. Um, you know, you could obviously make an argument for Tyler Reddick and he might've had something uh, a little more potent for Michael McDowell at the end. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, not much you can do. Um, I, I think Tyler Reddick's been good on these road courses, but you can't really fix that. Um, Chase Elliott give, gave everything he had, I think, for Michael McDowell. Unfortunately, a second place finish that just seems to be on brand for, for Chase Elliott in the nine group this year. Super deserving win for Michael. This guy, what, his second career win. The other one was the the 500 back in uh, 2021 there. And big family guy, so it was cool to see him and his family pretty excited for this one. A guy that's been in the sport a long time and the the old uh, start and park uh, uh, cars there. And finally, maybe, not maybe, he is in the playoffs now and maybe makes a, a little uh, push and probably not for championship contender, but uh a run to knock somebody out but uh overall definitely the best car there wasn't a ton of strategy so there was definitely different strategies but we didn't get to see any of the like off the wall ones kind of come to play because it went green for so long i think a lot of those strategies i think we saw denny hamlin pitting way later than everybody else which maybe would have benefited if there was a caution but the caution never came to make those strategies worthwhile so overall good for michael but Terrible race. I would agree. And I think that's a good point you bring up, Trey, was the strategy was a non-factor. But I do want to touch on it. Um, a, a very impressive showing, I think, for Chris Capehart. Uh, they, they ran that first run very long. And, and to get the, those stage points, I mean, for Denny Hamlin and trying to win a championship this year and where they're at in the standings, this race, they have, like, they're have like they just not really that competitive on road courses. So being able to steal a playoff point, I'd like to give credit to that. That was a that was a really smart move. And, and had Rex gone their way towards the end, it might have might have brought something else to the table. But Chase Elliott finished in second place, Trey. He's got two more shots before the playoffs. It just seemed like he didn't just he just didn't have quite enough to catch McDowell there. Yeah, it's kind of been the story of his season, just not quite enough. He's been up at the up at the front for several different races, um, showing speed to possibly win it. Just wasn't the best car out there. Um, I think that maybe this weekend at the Glen, he has a chance. It's a road course. Once again, we've talked about how he used to be really good. And then we got into the next gen car and he wasn't as dominant. Um, But I would never count him out from, from a road course here. So maybe this weekend carries some momentum uh, moving forward. Yeah, I I think so. And you never know, but once they get in, anything can happen. 2020, I would never guess that they had won the championship, but the playoff race is certainly on. We've got, Watkins Glen, the Daytona, I think both could produce, you know, maybe a, an uncommon winner. I think Watkins Glen has the most likely chance to be a repeat winner of the two, but you never know. Um, so the race is on, Trey. We've got some some weird vibes coming out of the eight group. What do you think about that? Yeah, I didn't love seeing uh, the tweet from Kyle this weekend. Uh forget what it exactly was, but it was just a, more of a somber side. Uh, last weekend, I think he finished 36th or 37th at uh, – Michigan and then 36 or 37th this week. So back-to-back really bad weeks for that group. Um, I think it's just some disappointment started off on a really high note, got hot there in in the middle of June, uh, and then has really cooled down the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think he'll get over it. I think he's barring for a a pretty big uh, weekend coming up and moving into the playoffs. But 
with the playoff race uh, in mind, the back end, that last spot, 16th, I think that uh, Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez are separated by like 23 points with a road course in Daytona coming up, which can cause a lot of drama. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, especially as Bubba has not been super great on the road courses, but Daytona really plays to his strong suit. So it's such a, I don't want to say a crapshoot, but it's so hard to predict. So as far as the bubble race, Trey, do you think anybody kicks anybody out? Do you think there's some sort of surprise waiting for us? I don't know so much of a surprise. I mean, you alluded to it, and I think I talked about it with Chase Elliott possibly getting a win this weekend. It's a road course. He's always run well. So it's not a surprise if Chase Elliott wins and knocks Bubba out or Daniel Mm -hmm. out. Um, but I could see that. I don't know if we'll necessarily get two, but then if we get a new, a new face, uh, on the, in victory lane this weekend, that can make Daytona really interesting, especially for guys like Brad Kozlowski and Kevin Harvick, who are still in on points by a lot, but with two new winners, they, one of them would be, be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I agree. And especially, I think Daniel's going to have something for the field at the Glen, but Trey, we, we're getting down a little wire here. The regular season championship seems to be pretty thoroughly in the hands of Martin Truex Jr. And that's going to go a long way in the point standings for sure. But right now, as we sit here on August the 15th, who are your contenders to win the cup? I think we're going to revisit uh, our original picks from the beginning uh, of the show, which we started in, in late May. We're going to revisit our picks after Daytona, see if we'll change anything or if we'll ride with it. Trey, I just want to see who are you looking at right now as a potential winner for this series. The only driver right now that I look at and say this guy will be in the championship for is Martin Truex Jr. Everybody else has been up and down. He's the only one that's been pretty consistent in the top 10, top five winning races throughout a good majority of the year. Um, so he would definitely be number one. He's, I would say right now he has a spot locked into that championship for other than that, there's several guys. There's Denny Hamlin. There's William Byron. There's obviously can never count out guys like Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano that are locked into the playoffs, maybe haven't had their best stuff recently, but they're always a, a contender to, to fight for a spot there. But Martin Truex is the only one that's a lock. Yeah, it's a very tough field to predict. The only team that has shown dominance on it, it seems like every form has been Truex. Um, and it's easy to just say, all right, he's in. But rarely does the best team all season win. Uh, it's a tough, it's tough to to really predict. But as far as William Byron's concerned, I think they've had a ton of luck go their way to have as many playoff points as they do. Uh, they've ran well, but I think they've been lucky. Hamlin, uh, as the playoff points kind of shake out, you're, it's MTJ, Byron, Hamlin, Larson. So that's your top four. I think that Toyota probably sends two. They've been incredibly strong. But with that said, they've not really done well at Phoenix, so it's hard to predict who will win. But I think that Hamlin and Truex probably go. But if you look at last year, you would have also said Hamlin, and Bell end up getting the nod. So it's very hard to predict. Ross Chastain obviously made the championship four in the Hail Mail in last year. I don't know if we'll get that much of a a surprise. But if there's a team that I think is kind of under the radar, um, you know, it's it's hard to predict. But the Fords have seemed to have found something. I want to pick RFK in some capacity, but I 
as much as I am bullish on them as a team, I don't think that they send one to the championship four. I'm looking at Ryan Blaney because they're about ninth or 10th in the points right now. Uh, I think Ryan's just due to have his superstar moment. Um, and if you would have looked at last year, Joey Logano was your outsider looking in. You were talking about, can Chastain do it? Christopher Bell is going for the first time. Um, who, who was the fourth? Uh, uh, Kyle Larson last year? Yes, I believe I believe it was Kyle. Yeah, I mean, you weren't thinking Logano, though. Yep. And the Fords have kind of found something. So I'm hesitant to pick another Ford that isn't a Penske. But with Blaney and Logano, you know, they're locked in. You never know. I would just keep an eye on both of those teams because I think that they got kind of left out of a lot of thoughts last year. And it seems like Ford's found some extra speed, even though RFK seems to be the better team right now. I still just don't think that that's just so much so soon, but you never know. But with that said, we're going to go to the Glen this week. We don't know if we're going to get a surprise winner. Probably not. If I had to guess, I think it's going to be a repeat winner, Um, but you never know. Yeah. This is a a spot that you could, could find the surprise winner. I think Daytona gives us a better opportunity for that, that surprise winner with, you know, big late late race uh, caution or something along those lines. But there's also several guys in this field that are road course ringers that could come out and steal a playoff spot. Daniel Suarez has had success there. AJ Allmendinger has had success there. So there's there's a couple of guys at the back end on the outside looking in that could steal one, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think this is going to be a race where the big boys show up, the top teams are going to be very competitive. I think it's hard to really judge Toyota because I think partially because of Tyler Reddick, if not more than partially, their road course program has since like severely developed as opposed to last year. But last year, this was a more of a Chevy dominated race. So I think Hendrick's going to be a very big player. I think Trackhouse will be a big player. And what that means is Chase Elliott and Daniel Suarez, who are, you know, in tough spots, Elliott really is. This could be a chance for them to sneak one out. But I don't think anybody it'll be anybody that you look at and you're like, wow, I can't believe, you know, Justin Haley won. Probably not. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe a Daytona. But for this week, Trey, we'll go over our picks from last week. We both scored one for Tyler Reddick. But for this week, with Trey leading 19 to 14 in the standings, Trey, who do you got winning at the Glen? So I got an all Chevy uh Winner in top three of five. So I got last year's Watkins Glen winner, Kyle Larson, taking it home, uh, finding some speed finally for the, for that five team and putting together a complete race, followed by his teammate in the nine, Chase Elliott in the in the top five, and Kyle Busch in the top five. He's always run well at the Glen. Tyler Reddick, when that eight car ran well here last year, um, and I think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after the last couple of weeks. I think he finds himself in the top five. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we have some similarities there. I'm going to go. I know I said I don't think it'll be. I think it's going to be a a repeat winner, but I'm going to pick Chase Elliott. I'm going to tell you why. Because I think it would be really great for NASCAR, and I really want to see it happen. Because after all of the struggle, the most popular driver sneaking in, he's obviously got to win. He's never won at Daytona, I don't think. Um, So I I think he's got to do it. If he's going to do it, it's going to be this week. And if not, he's going to be left out, and that's not good for anything. So – if you're, I mean, most people that listen, I'm assuming you're Chase Elliott fans. I don't know for sure, but statistically, you're probably a Chase Elliott fan. You probably don't like Denny Hamlin. <laughs> but I do want to see Elliott in the playoffs. I think it'd be good for things. So 
I'm going to root for it. I'm going to give myself some some skin in the game. I'm going to pick Chase Elliott to win. I'm going to stick with Kyle Larson. I think he runs well. Uh, uh, additionally, from Hendrick, and then I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick. Uh, I think he had a top top five, seven, maybe he was close to the top five uh, last year, and he's just really been the guy to beat on these road courses. So I'm going to say Chase Elliott. I don't know for sure, but it would be really nice. I'd love to see it. But as we kind of kind of put a bow on things here, we're going to go to Immaculate Grid number two. Did this a couple weeks ago. Um, hopefully, we're a little more well equipped. <laughs> Learn some things. So we're going to just tell you what's on it. We're going to go back and forth, tic tac toe style, and try. We're going to try and beat this thing up. So we've got an immaculate grid. So going across the top three spots will be completed in. I'm sorry, competed in the 2016 Daytona 500. Then there's RFK Racing, then Hendrick Motorsports, and along the left side, you're going to get Chip Ganassi Racing, RCR. And completed and competed, geez, in 2013. So Trey, I'll give you the honors to go first. Yes. Yeah, so let's go with uh, we'll start on the left hand side in the middle. So that's competing the 2016 Daytona 500 in Richard Childress Racing, the easy one, my guy Kyle Busch. Okay, I can deal with that. That's Trey, and I'm going to go competed in the 2016 Daytona 500. And compete in 2013. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin just to get the easy ones out of the way. So we're on the board. Absolutely. Looking good. Um, And then let's go with the uh, RFK racing and competed in 2013. So that's the bottom middle. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad Kozlowski. Okay. That's Trey. All right. And then I'm going to go smack dab in the middle. RFK Racing, RCR. I'm going to go the mayor, Jeff Burton. And then I will go, let's go with uh, competed in 2016, Daytona 500 and Chip Ganassi Racing. So the one that first jumped out, but I think he was too early, would have been uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. Mm -hmm. Don't know why the 42, but either way, I'm going to go with Jamie McMurray, uh, racing for Chip Ganassi and also competing in the 2016 Daytona 500. Okay. I like it. All right. So we've got um, four remaining. So we've got RFK and Ganassi. We've got Hendrick and Ganassi. And then we've got Hendrick RCR and Hendrick competed in 2013. I'm going to just get an interesting guy. I want to say Casey Kane in the bottom right. So Hendrick in 2013, I'm going to go Casey Kane. Perfect. So I will take, uh, the top right will stick with the 42 car uh, with uh, that's Chip Ganassi racing crossed with uh, Hendrick Motorsports with Kyle Larson. I dig it. I like it. Good pick. Hendrick and RCR. I feel like I got to be missing. I feel like that was what I was avoiding because right now my head is blank on that one. Yeah. And then Ganassi and Roush. I'm also, I'm also blanking on. So, Ganassi and, and Roush, I think that the guy that's kind of like you can just throw it at any one of these boards and wherever uh, it sticks, it probably Kurt works. Bush. Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush. Yeah, definitely. Just blindly pick a spot, throw it, and I, it probably works for Kurt Bush. Yeah, it probably was Kurt Bush. All right. So we got <laughs> one more Hendrick and RCR, two Chevys. Hmm. I don't think. Name that's jumping out, but I don't think he raced for Richard, and that was Terry, Terry Levante there. But 
What about Skinner drive for Hendrick? No. What about Dale? Does that count? Did he run any Xfinity races for for Richard? Let's look it up and see if that one counts. Let me keep thinking. I don't think Casey Kane did. Oh, Kyle Busch. Oh, yep, I was <laughs> as you said, Casey Kane. I don't know what made me think yeah. we already used him, but it works. Yeah. Kyle Busch. I'll take it. I will yes. take it. That's always fun. Um, credit to NASCAR Immaculate Grid on Twitter. I don't know how many followers they have, but they, they give out uh, some Immaculate Grids every day. Pretty cool. So, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to take, check us out on Twitter at Talk with Talk Pod. We want to know who you're rooting for and where you're rooting from. And as always, enjoy the Glen. Mm-hmm.